Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brooks. Today I'm joined by Francesco Ainsbury. How are you doing, Francesco? I'm well, thanks, Sam. Nice to be here. Good stuff. And Raphael Jukovin. How are you doing, Raphael? I'm good, thanks. Enjoying the Euro so far. Yeah, we're just over a week into it now. Um, really exciting stuff so far on, on the whole. We have had some drab affairs, but mostly a very good week. Uh, and of course, we're going to start with Italy, who I think have maybe been the most impressive side so far. Um, their second game on Wednesday night, another 3-0 victory. Francesco, what, what did you make of their performance on Wednesday against Switzerland? They essentially carried on where they left off against Turkey. Uh, another convincing performance. Um, I mean, it was a it was a very similar game. I do think that the Swiss played a little bit better than Turkey did, and they had a few moments where it looked like they might make something of the game. But Italy, uh, you know, the approach to the game was was really good again. And um, once uh, Locatelli scored the first goal, then you know they. As as in the game against Turkey, they they really took off and they played some nice stuff again. And yeah, they are looking really really good. Yeah, excellent start for Italy in this tournament. And and as you mentioned, there Manuel Locatelli was really the standout performer. Raphael he got two goals. Um, I think maybe his most impressive moment actually was the pass in the build up to the first goal, though on his weaker foot pinging the ball out to Berardi and then following through to, to score a tap-in. What did you make of Locatelli's performance, Raphael? It's brilliant. Sort of, um, I guess it's the night he announced himself for the world, really, because a lot of people were having doubts about him, about him coming in and replacing Verratti as a sort of, um, you know, as a sort of backup option. But I think he's shown really, not just in this game, but in the Turkey game as well, that he's a more than... Re- serviceable replacement and I think obviously Verratti when he uh, when he returns from injury he'll probably replace him which is a shame for Locatelli but I think it's pretty obvious that he's you know he's heading straight for the top anyway and I think a transfer after this summer is definitely coming probably um, I would guess Juventus and um, you know that performance only increases price tag so I think Sassuolo will be happy with that and um, yeah, I mean, he showed, he showed every facet of his game, really, defensively, passing-wise. I mean, people—I think people have been highlighting the uh, the Pogba pass in the France-Germany game for the uh, in the build-up to the own goal as sort of the pass of the tournament. But I would say Locatelli's my edge, my edge here. And um, yeah, obviously, it's some great sort of um, great positioning for his first goal. Brilliant on his uh, for his second as well. So yeah, it was it was a complete performance really, and I think I think that sort of established him as one of the one of the brightest midfield young midfielders in Europe right now, at least in the eyes of the rest of the, the continent. Yeah, simply a stunning performance from Locatelli. And but you said you do feel that Verratti will come back in for him when, when he does return to full fitness. Um, Francesco, I know you picked out Verratti as someone to watch this tournament. Do you think it's a, a given that he will come back in for Locatelli? Is is there any chance we've seen Locatelli play a bit deeper in the midfield for Sassuolo? Is there any chance he could challenge Jorginho for that spot? Or or do you think that Mancini will go for Varela, Verratti and, and Jorginho when everyone is fit? Um, I still think that um, Verratti is Italy's best player. 
Um, they haven't missed him yet in this tournament because of how well Lucateli's done. But there is, I mean, people are starting to have that conversation as to whether Verratti should come back into the team, which I think was unthinkable kind of before the tournament started. There was a real worry that he wasn't playing and that, that they definitely need him to, to progress in this tournament. I think when he is fully fit again, he probably will. Because of the type of player he is, I think he's pretty unique and he is the kind of guy who would give you an edge because of the style of play, because of the way he manoeuvres the ball, because of the way he brings in other players. He is the kind of guy who would give you an edge when you're playing against the very best sides, I think. Um, Locatelli is a different kind of player. He offers you more defensively. He's a lot more physical. Um, and, you know, in response to your question about maybe him playing as the deep line midfielder, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jorginho is, I think he's the player who's played the most minutes under Mancini, along with Bonucci. I think he really sees him as kind of the the general, the guy who dictates how to play. His nickname is Radio Jorginho, which is, uh, they've given him this nickname because of how, how he speaks so much to the other players. And I think he's kind of the most... Um, immovable player if you want in, in the in Italy starting lineup. So I don't think Locatelli's going to come in there. I think there might be more of a chance that he'd come in for Barella. But again, Barella's, you know, he's he's one of those guys that, that Mancini Mancini's, you know, relied on the most since he took over as manager. And I think having Locatelli in the side and having him available is a big boost to Italy. And knowing that he is ready to come in and and um, play against anyone. Um, is, is going to be important if they do get injuries. But I think once Verratti is fit, um, especially deeper in the tournament, if Italy progress against the bigger teams, it's going to be important that he plays. Yeah, when you consider the couple of players that Italy lost as well, just in the build-up to this tournament with Stefano Sensi and Lorenzo Pellegrini, to still have four really high-class midfielders there. And of course, we saw Cristante and uh, Matteo Pessina come on late on as well. Excellent midfield options. Um, slightly higher up the pitch, the other player who scored on Wednesday night, of course, was Chiro Immobile. He's now got uh, goals in both the opening two games. He also missed, you know, two or three pretty good chances, Raphael. What, what did you make of his performance overall? Quite a typical Immobile performance where he does miss these quite big chances, but but eventually gets on the score sheets. Yeah, I thought he worked quite hard. And, um, you know, he deserved his goal in the end. I think it was... It was a typical mobility performance where, you know, he does, well, especially for Italy, where there is a bit of misfiring, there is a bit of, you know, a bit of frustration in the game. But eventually he got a very good goal as well. Uh, probably a more difficult finish than the, uh, than the chances he missed. But, yeah, I think, I think it does show that he's, you know, he's, he might not be in the best of form when he, when he does pull on the Italy shirt, not as much as when he plays for Lazio, but he's still a, you know, a top class striker and he's, he's going to, he's going to consistently get you goals. He'll miss a few, but I think his, his impact maybe moving away from goals, his impact in the overall play between that front three is also invaluable for Italy, especially in the way they, the way they move forward, the way they, they attack so quickly. A lot of that is based on how he interacts with the two wing players, uh, Insigne and Berardi. So, I mean, you know, there is he—he he does deserve a bit of criticism, I guess, for missing maybe some some straight, more straightforward chances. But 
if he can if he can bring bring in those two into play and at the same time nick a goal or two in the process, then yeah, I, th- I think he's pretty. I mean, he's the ideal striker for the way Italy play right now. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't read too much into uh, into what really has been a sort of a usual Italy performance from uh, from Immobile. Yeah, a very, very, uh, very good to see him getting a couple of goals though, because he has received criticism in the past for for his record for Italy. Um, I guess the one setback on the night was Giorgio Chiellini having to go off injured. Um, he'd only actually just scored, hadn't he? But but then the goal was ruled out for handball in the build up. Um, I've seen comments afterwards of him saying that he stopped himself just in time. It's a bit of a flexor issue, I think, but he seems to think he'll be okay. How important do you think it is for Italy that Chiellini can play some part in this tournament in the latter stages, Francesco? I think it is important. I think he does make a difference. And I think you even saw it a little bit when he went off that even a player's experience as Bonucci misses him he misses that experience next to him he misses the relationship he has with him and the whole team miss miss Kalini's kind of experience and how he guides the defense um I think it's optimistic I mean I've I've seen what they've been that he's confident that he might be ready to play in the last 16 I think that would be optimistic but um Apparently, there's a chance he'll play again in the tournament, and I think that will be important, especially when you're facing the the top sides. Having said that, I think Acerbi, once he got into the game after the first few minutes, did a pretty good job. Um, and you know, Italy have also got Bastoni. They have other options there if they need them. But I think Chiellini's experience, the fact that he's won so much, the fact, the fact that he's played in so many big games, the way he plays as well, he's the kind of guy you want in your side because he he has so much kind of you know, he's street smart. He knows how to win games. And I definitely think he he influences the way other players play as well. Uh, you know, he transfers that kind of experience to them. So he is a he is a big deal for Italy. But um, the fact that they have some some decent alternatives and that Acerbi actually had a pretty good game when he came on makes me think that they'll probably be okay kind of for the next couple of games. But it would be great to have him back towards the end of the tournament. Certainly, that that would be would be great to see Chiellini. Of course, this might be his last major tournament as well. So, uh, I think we're all hoping that that he can play some part later on. Um, <clears throat> but looking ahead, uh, obviously Sunday night, um, Italy will play play their final group game against Wales. Uh, going into this game, Italy are top of the group, but they haven't quite wrapped up. Uh, wrapped up that top spot yet. They do need a point against Wales to do so. Um, Raphael, what did you make of Wales in their second game against Turkey? I think probably most people thought Turkey would win that, particularly with the support that they had out in Baku. But Wales, a, a fairly comfortable win in the end, actually. Were, were you impressed by them? I was impressed by Wales, but mostly just how terrible how terrible Turkey were. It was so easy for them to get through their defence. Um, I mean, especially for the, uh, I mean, the, the Ramsey goal, it was just so simple. The way he, the way the the pass was just dinked over the whole defence, and all he had to do was run for an head and um, get put into the net. I think, I think, I mean, in general, Turkey have been a massive disappointment in the Euros. I mean, yeah, a lot of people have, um, a lot of people did put them down as stark horses because you look at the technical quality in that team, you'd expect maybe not 
you know, maybe not some some blistering football, but something something better than what we've seen so far, and you know, they just haven't delivered. So I think more than more than a very good Wales performance, it was just complete trash from Turkey. But I think at the same time, the Welsh team do deserve a lot of merits, and I think you know Ramsey for me was a standout player for Wales. The way he the way he runs. The way he covers really the, the entire pitch and works out and makes those runs into the box is just vital for them. And I mean, you can see you you can see a clear difference in the way he applies himself when he plays for Wales and the way he applies himself when he plays for Juventus, which you know, might raise a few questions for um for the Juventus management. But I mean, definitely there is um. So that is the main threat as well as Bale. So I mean, obviously Italy will have to be worried. It's a, it's a different sort of attacking proposition compared to uh, compared to Turkey with Yilmaz, compared to Switzerland with Mbolo. You've got now you've got you know um, you've got to look look at the midfield and see who's coming in running into the box for those for those late balls. So it's going to be a different um, yeah a different proposition. But ultimately, I think. I think they'll be they'll be quite comfortable even with even with the uh, even with the substitute starting. And uh, looking at that Wales team, I, I know uh, Francesco. We talked the other day, and we were saying <coughs> um, how we thought maybe Turkey would give Italy a challenge. It didn't materialise. Switzerland were maybe going to give Italy a challenge. It didn't materialise with Wales, and I think the passing ability of Bale, which we saw in that Turkey game, the late runs from Ramsey, the pace out wide from Dan James. Do you think this is finally the time when we might see a, a bit more of a challenge that Italy face? I think um, there's a chance that that might happen. Um, but I actually think that Switzerland are probably a better team than Wales. And Italy dealt with them quite comfortably. Um, that I think here it's going to be important to see what kind of selection Mancini makes and also who Robert Page puts out, because I think both of those managers have indicated that there might be quite a big turnover for this match. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Italy kind of changed five or six, maybe even more players. Um, for Italy as well, it's not really clear uh, whether it's better to, in terms of going forward in the tournament, whether it's better to finish first or second. I think it would be nice if they continue this run. You know, they're on a clean sheet run of about nine games. I think they uh, it's, it's the 29th game in a row against um, against Switzerland that they've um, that they've not lost. So they'd want to continue that run. They don't want to lose certainly, but um, if they did lose and Wales did win the group, it wouldn't be the end of the world in terms of where you go in the tournament because eventually you're going to come up against the bigger sides and the next game is probably not going to be against one of those bigger sides, regardless of whether you finish first or second. So that means that Mancini probably is going to rest some players. Um, but I think I probably agree with Rafael, even if he does rest, rest a few players, you would expect Italy to have enough. Um, but I was also impressed with Wales against Turkey and, you know, the players that you've just mentioned, what Rafael was saying about the deep runs from Ramsey, they are the kinds of things that in theory could cause the Italian defence some problems. So, you know, if Italy are focused and concentrated and um, they approach the game in the right way, then you would expect them to win. But I think Wales probably do have a chance. Yeah, we'll be very interested to see how that game pans out. Just looking ahead to 
the last 16 and it looks like if Italy do win the group, Raphael, they would play Ukraine or Austria. Um, if they come second in the group, they would play Denmark, Finland or Russia. Um, are there any of those teams you think that they'd, you know, prefer not to play or do you, do you favour them to win any of those games, really? Yeah, I mean, the good thing about being in Group A is wherever you finish first or second, you're going to you're gonna play against another second-place team. So that they've got that to their advantage um, compared to other other teams where they have got a bit of a, a bit of luxury in the uh, in that last game against uh, against Wales, where you know not everything is on the line. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of potential opponents, I don't think any of those teams would really threaten uh, threaten Italy unless unless Belgium or the Netherlands somehow finish second in their group, some sort of late collapse in the last game. But I well, actually. I would say Ukraine, out of all of those, is probably the team that could threaten the most. Although they, I mean, the Italy players, they know about Malinovsky's threat, but there's obviously a Yarmolenko who's clearly shown up in this uh, in this tournament so far. Yaramchuk's been doing uh, been doing quite well up front, so they have got some threats across the pitch that might do might do some damage for uh, for Italy. But I mean, ultimately, there is a bit of a golfing class anyway, so. I think Italy should be should be fine, unless unless one of the uh, one of the Netherlands or Belgium finish second in their group. Uh, what what the other thing I'd add about Ukraine is I, I think that probably is the most likely opponent for Italy, and um, I think uh, you know, it's not been a great tournament for dark horses. You know, Turkey have been pretty poor, Poland have been pretty poor so far um croatia been pretty poor of the dark horses you'd say that the ukraine have probably been the best i think they were they had a pretty good game against the netherlands even though they lost they managed to win their second game uh rafael's just mentioned some of their players you know malinovsky won one uh midfielder of the year this year and said yeah we all know how good he is and they've got other players like yomalenko and others who are good but the other thing as well is shevchenko really knows the italian league quite well and his assistant is mauro tassotti who is also going to be very aware of the kind of threat that the Italian players bring. You know, he's not going to be surprised like maybe some of the other coaches about what the, the Italian players can do. So having that knowledge as well to counter the Italian side could be important for them. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we've said already how difficult it is to predict what's going to happen. But if they do play against Ukraine, that could be a factor. Yeah, um, certainly could be. I think you, Ukraine have looked fairly decent so far in in their game. Certainly, that the game against Netherlands was one of the most entertaining games of the tournament so far. Um, but just looking at one one more thing, I wanted to look at with Italy is uh, obviously being over here in England. We see some of the pundits talking, and there was a bit of a um, a bit of a stir the other day, Raphael. With I think it was like Gary Neville and Patrick Vieira sort of talking about how. Italy haven't been tested in quite a while, even coming into this tournament. And they were mentioning a bit of lack of intensity in their matches and stuff like that. Do you think that's very harsh on Italy? Do you think there's some merit to it that they haven't really fully been tested? Um, what, what are your sort of thoughts on those comments? Well, it's quite funny, actually, because here in France, they're being put as, the, uh, put as some of the favourites, really. Italy are being talked up quite a lot over here. So uh, it's interesting to see the sort of the differences in perception between uh, between the two countries. But I think I mean it's sort of a 
it's sort of in the middle, really. I think, on the one hand, they've looked very impressive, and um, you know, clearly they've been the. I mean, they've been the most impressive team so far in Euros in terms of uh, the bare bones of their performances, notwithstanding their opponents. But obviously, there is a, a slight tinge of truth in those uh, in those comments that we don't know how. We don't know how they'll fare against tougher opponents. I think they'll fare quite well anyway, but obviously there is that sort of unknown factor. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, bit, it's a bit more nuanced than calling them favourites or saying that they haven't been tested yet. I think there is... From what we've seen so far, there's reason to believe that they can go all the way. But obviously what we've seen so far isn't the full picture so we can only go off what we've seen so far, but obviously it is true that they will inevitably have to play differently against teams that are even tougher to break down on teams that come at them. So yeah, it's 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 I guess it is it's sort of um, sort of a mix of the two really. There is a bit of truth in those in that statement. Yeah, well I I guess time will tell, won't it? We'll see if Italy are in that final in three weeks time um but yeah it can be difficult to tell in the group stages of a tournament how teams are shaping up um you know we saw five years ago with portugal they only just sneaked through the group stage and we saw three years ago in the world cup with france didn't look too impressive with wins against uh you know australia and a draw against denmark and stuff like that but um in terms of this first week, Francesco, which teams have impressed you that you think, yeah, they're looking like they're going to go a long way in this tournament? Just let everyone know we're recording this on Saturday morning. So if there are some shock results on Saturday afternoon or evening, just to put that out there. But, but who's impressed you so far, Francesco? Um, I mean, we've, we've already spoken about Italy and I think what Rafael has just said is probably quite accurate. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I can't remember if it was Vieira or Neville who, who said the comment about intensity. I don't know if they misspoke because I think one of the things about this Italian team is is how intense they are. But I do agree a little bit that especially in tournament football because they missed the last World Cup, they haven't really been tested against one of the very best sides. But but I think Italy have been good so far in this tournament. They have been one of the you know they put in some of the best performances: six goals, two clean sheets. Um, the other sides that have impressed me, I think. The standout one is France. Um, even though they weren't, it wasn't a spectacular performance against Germany. I got the feeling that there is, they have so much more to offer, so many more gears to go through the French. And I think it says something when you're playing against a German side and it feel in Germany and it feels like there is an inevitability that you're going to win. Like the whole time throughout that game, it felt like, you know, even when the Germans were pressing, it still felt like France were the team who were going to score the next goal if anyone was going to score. So I think France are probably still the team to beat. And even though Belgium were not totally convincing in their second game, I think the fact that they were able to turn over that result and come back and win says something about them. They've also, you know, they've just got Kevin De Bruyne back. They've got other players who, who could come back. I think they're another team to watch out for. So, yeah, I, I'd probably say, um, you know, France, Italy and Belgium so far have been the, the most impressive three. Yeah, personally, I'm not as confident about France. Um, I did think we... We laboured a lot in that game. Germany were quite unlucky, and they didn't. They did. There were a lot of close shaves. So, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, that might just be sort of natural. I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be overly optimistic about France. But can, can I ask Raphael what's sort of been the overall reaction in France to that game? Because it, it seemed like Germany actually played some nice football at times, but just had no end product. I thought their crossing was woeful in that second half. They got in a lot of wide positions and were then hitting the first man. And as Francesco said, it did seem like France were always probably going to see the game out as they did in the end. But do 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 the do the French nation perhaps want a bit more attacking football given given the front three they have at their disposal? I think most people realise that you know, that's the style of play that we won the World Cup with. That's you know that's how it's going to be from now on. If it if it wins us the Euros, then so be it. I think there was a lot of um, a lot of the reaction was based on the refereeing actually. Um, a lot of the decisions like Pavar getting sort of knocked out by um, I think it was Gosens who sort of rammed into him Schumacher style. <laughs> but and then. Um, yeah, the Benzema, the Benzema goal, the uh, the Mbappe goal, that were that were ruled out. So there was, I think, the main the main sort of complaint was the refereeing. But yeah, I think um, I th- I mean we'll we'll definitely go far. I don't think there's any question about that. But do we have um do we have that cutting edge to to take apart a team that's that offers something a bit more a bit more interesting like Italy for example I'm not too sure I think you know ultimately it's you know Deschamps tactics are effective but they're they're very stale and they're very that you know it what's good about them is they sort of sap the life out of the opposition but really you know will if we're playing against sort of a dynamic young team like Italy for example you know, will that will that cut it? It did well against Germany because Germany are Germany are also quite a stale team. They've, they've not really they've not really fully regenerated from their from winning the World Cup in twenty fourteen. So it works against so sort of um yeah, I, I guess sort of more stale teams who are supposed to be the among the I'm not a hundred percent sure it would work against um you know, further on in the tournament, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, we will see. It's, in, it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, Schumacher incident, actually, because I think over in England, the coverage, I think within the first two minutes, they showed uh, this in the build-up to the game, they showed the Schumacher incident. I'm thinking that's nearly 40 years ago now. They're, they're still going with that. But but then again, the they, have shown, still there. they have shown the Gascoigne uh, goal against Scotland about four million times over the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't know if you've ever seen that goal, guys. He flicks it over his head and then volleys it in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they do love uh, do love a bit of nostalgia on, on BBC and ITV over here. Um, but, yeah, let, let's look ahead then um, and let's get these final predictions. Um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll go with one question before that. If you think there's going to be a fair bit of rotation for the Italy game, Francesco, is is there sort of one fringe player for Italy that you're really looking forward to seeing this weekend? I think there is a chance. I don't think you'll start, but I think there's a chance that Raspadori might get a few minutes against the Welsh, depending on how the game goes. And um, it would be interesting to see him, how he fits in with his formation, how he fits in with his style of play. I think he has all the technical attributes and and 
that are, you know, the movements that would suit this kind of football really well. It's, you know, Italy do play in a similar way to Sassuolo and we know how well he finished the season with Sassuolo. So I think potentially seeing him would be really interesting. So I'd like to see that. And how about you, Raphael? Do you reckon maybe we'll get to see Chiesa or Bastoni this weekend, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I agree on um, on Raspadori. I think it would be great to see a uh, see the Sassuolo trio on the on the pitch going forward. But um, yeah, I think I think Barali will be given a rest, and uh, I think Chiesa will be played sort of more than more than serviceable replacement. Um, it'd be great to see the likes of Piscina as well, and you know, Cristante come in as well and sort of give that midfield the rest because. The, that, that those three that midfield have been crucial to Italy, Italy's results so far. So I think it would be ideal really to to rest them until the next game. And um, yeah, I guess Belotti, Belotti will probably get a run now. Will be good good to see how he can uh, how he can interact really with that within that front three as well. The the only other thing I'd like to say about Italy, Sam, uh, is I hope that Mancini doesn't change the formation um, for this game, even if he's resting a lot of players. In the second half against Switzerland, for some reason, and it's not really clear why, considering how well, it's been, how well things have been going, he he went to a back three, kind of a, a three-five-two. And um, I think Italy looked a lot worse when that happened. I mean, at, at that stage in the game, Switzerland were kind of already 2-0 down and it didn't really make a difference. But um, I hope that he... You know, he's not thinking about changing things up because I think it would probably just confuse things uh, when there's no need to. So I'm hoping even if he does, if we do see quite a large turnover, which I expect to see, um, that he sticks with that 4-3-3, which, is, which has been so good for them, you know, over the last kind of two years. Yeah, I, I think he probably will stick with the 4-3-3, but it's interesting that you mentioned uh, he was tinkering slightly in midweek. Um, and so, final thing there, I'm going to ask for predictions. I know you don't necessarily like giving them, but Francesco first. Are we, are we going three out of three for Italy to finish the group? Yes, I think Italy are going to win. If you want to score off me, I'll say 2-0. Not not quite three this time. Um, how about you, Raphael? Uh, confident Italy will will get nine points from the group. They, I mean, they have the potential to, but at the same time, a, a draw would suit both teams pretty well. So, I mean, I'm not saying there'll be some sort of, some sort of arrangement, but I think they will be playing with the handbrake on. So, I'm going with sort of one all, one all is sort of a likely likeliest result. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think Italy will win this game quite kind. I'm Like I said, I'm interested to see what sort of team Wales put out because I think Wales think they're pretty much through. And I, I agree, I think they probably are pretty much through. But um, yeah, I expect them to maybe rotate a little bit. So we'll see what sort of team they put out. But uh, excellent, guys. Well, next time I speak to you, the group stage will be done and we can look forward to the knockout rounds. Um, so thanks for joining me and thanks everyone for listening. We'll speak to you soon. OK, bye bye.